So welcome to the bullshit, super duper, mega, ultra, hyper edition bonus round. <laughs> so, um, we recorded yesterday and fucking bullshit happened to the video game Bullshit Masters and it only recorded my side of the fucking conversation. So it's basically unusable data. So, um, scramble the bullshit masters that we may be. We, um, found a new program. Kyle's using it. And I'm not using a headset. So, if there's not that bad a reverb during this bullshit bonus round, this is how I'm going to record from now on. Um, so, today, uh, we're just going to bullshit, right, Kyle? Let's bullshit it up. <laughs> Since it's not Thursday, it's Friday. What you drinking? Oh, uh... Back to Coors. I was doing some Occulto last night. Mm-hmm. And back to the staple. I, I had some uh, Pabst Tall Boys, though, a few hours back. So yeah. I've been switching it up, you know. How about you? I am drinking a Stalin's Dark Side, which is a Russian Imperial Stout from Evil Trek Brewery. Um, I'm feeling a little uh, under the weather, so I'm just going to drink it away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I cough a little bit, that's why, though. Got a little raspiness, a little ticklish in the throat. Um, but um, I think the first thing we should talk about is, like, you know, the um, our mentality behind this homework shit. Because, I mean, we've been bullshitting about it a little bit already um, before we started the official recording. And there are so many gems that we need to get to. Like, I mean, a million. I'm just looking at, like, my boxed games that I got and just, like, certain little gems that we've never beaten or haven't gotten to enough. I mean, you mentioned Gremlins 2. It's a fucking amazing little treat, you know? Yeah. Music too, but uh, the control is really good. Um, It it, kind of has that Fester's Quest feel, but it's not as, like, unforgiving, crazy hard. Yeah, it doesn't have the, um... The enemies don't have the hitboxes of uh, Shatman and Throb and Midboss. <laughs> um, Monster Party, though. That was another one. Mm-hmm. That game needs to be conquered. Yeah, I've gotten about a few levels through that one, and then something else just came up, and I got sidetracked. So Even when I read it as a kid, that shit would happen. Oh, yeah. And as blasphemous as it is, Battle Kid 2 needs to be beaten. It's definitely blasphemous. Why? Because I mastered Battle Kid 1 to the point where I did the uh, speed run, the boss speed run top. I got the top yeah. score and got the copy of Battle Kid 2, and I never beaten Battle Kid 2. Oh, that's what's blasphemous. Oh, yeah, okay. I never even beaten it yet. Um, why that's a perfect pick for you, though, jumping into the series? Um, not for story-wise, because you'll be in the middle of the story, but if you play it on easy mode, you get three hits instead of one. Whereas okay. you still have one hit on easy mode in Battle Kid 1. So, I mean, it'll make it <clears throat> a good little introductory um, adventure for you into the Battle Kid world. Um, that way you can get the controls down and everything. Because I know that's your main thing is, is you got to do a little bit of practice and before you can just jump right into a game. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, I mean, really, though, like I, I think we need to get a Mega Man game under our belt, too, for homework. Maybe like the X series. I, I would say that, or just start from scratch. Yeah. Who know? 
Well, because, like, Mega Man 1 through 6 I've destroyed. 7 I've beat as, as like, rental. 8 I've beaten as a rental. Um, but, like, X I've never beaten. Never beaten any of the X games. Yeah. And I know X is Super Nintendo masterpiece with music and all the upgrades and... That might be a fucking cool one to play too eventually. Yeah, I remember running it when I was younger and beat it. Um, but it's been a really long time, so I'd be up for it. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm just thinking of like little gems because I know like mana's on our plate for like season two, but that might be. That's still you know a good sixteen weeks away. <laughs> you go. Um, so what other games are you thinking of that you're looking into, like, would you would like to play? Well, pretty much everyone that I'm going to pick is one that um, I've been meaning to beat, but just haven't gotten there, you know, yeah. haven't gotten to it. Um, even just, like, for the NES, I mean, just see, like, Strider, Bionic Commando, possibilities. Um, I, I mm-hmm. might end up doing those on my own, though. I'll have to give them a few few hours and see if it's you know something that's a good choice because those are more like in-depth games you know um i think buying the commando would be doable i've never really beaten that game yeah both both are really fun so i mean strider's great yeah um i I know um kevin was talking about that russian attack game i think it's konami so i'm kind of curious russian attack's awesome yeah, I think that might be a good choice because mm-hmm. I know Kevin likes it, so just make it better. I mean, it would be nice if that's what Kevin shows instead of trying to get some obscure craziness, but... <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, you don't have a lot of obscure games, so, I mean, he's going to have to pick something that we got. Uh, Schmuck is definitely on tap in my... Oh, yeah. ...mind because uh, there's a bunch of compile ones. Uh, probably Spriggan. Oh, yeah, I need to beat that game. I, I only... Because t- you mentioned it before, so I downloaded it, because I didn't have it for the PC Engine yet. I downloaded and I just tasted it, and it was fucking amazing. It's wonderful, yeah. Oh, God. That's, that's a compile treat. Like, like, we need to do that. Musha we need to too. Do, we need uh, to do, uh, yeah, we need to do Musha, Radiant, uh, Silver Gun. We yeah. need to do... Like, I mean, there's so many little treats that we need to do. Holy shit. We need to play some Rekka. Mm-hmm. That oh, that game's nuts. Mm-hmm. The what are how are the ones for the Wii? There's like the, the Shlo Shmup collection. There's like two of them. Um, I think Chaos Fields on there, which is a Dreamcast shoot 'em up. And there's one other, and I think it was also on the Dreamcast. And then on, I think on the actual GameCube they have Ikaruga, which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I have the, I have the actual games of those. Now, I could be wrong with that shoot 'em up collection. It might be a different fucking shoot 'em ups. But it might just um, have Chaos Field on the GameCube. That could be exactly how it is. I'll go check it out here. It's like right down the yeah, way. I'm looking over here and I see yep, Chaos Fields on the GameCube. I have my GameCube games right there, alphabetized. And Ikaruga is definitely GameCube. I don't have my Wii ones though. I, I think they are little Dreamcast treats, though. Yeah, Ultimate Shooting Challenge, Chaos Field. Yep, there we go. Uh, Radio Allergy and Kairos, or no. Kairos, whatever you Kairos. want to pronounce it. Nice. I mean, the thing is, is that 
I wouldn't even mind doing like, I mean, one shoot 'em up. Like, if there's a collection, like two compiles of the same series in the same week, that we could do like a little like, I don't know, Greatest One and Two, like not compile, but you know, Konami, but Greatest One and Two, or something like that. It probably take me longer than a week to master it, though. But. Yeah, I mean, the goal wouldn't be in that case to master, but to just see what our high scores are and then compare the sequels to each other to see how it's progressed. It would I have to be, like, distinct and easier, though. Yep. Well, if we're going to do high scores, we should do, like, one of those um, carnival ones. Yes. Those, like, those, like two-minute two deals. Yeah, like the PC and CD ones. The That's what we ne- should do. Because Nexor and Alzadik. <laughs> yeah, because then we're not missing out on a whole game that we could be like mastering. Because those those games are kind of like meant to be a little short bursts, and then just see how like just keep trying to beat your score, see how far you can go with it. And you're right though, like we really do need to like master the games. Well, because that's the whole idea of like oh getting our money's worth from all of our collection. Yeah. Because. Yeah, like, when I got the game, it was my intention to eventually beat it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I started getting them at such a rate that it kind of, uh, you know, a backlog occurred. <laughs> yeah. There was that, that picture that I've seen online that it's like, it shows us, like, as a kid, getting a new game, oh my god, I'm gonna play this, and then it says, like, now, and it shows the same guy going, oh my god, this is gonna look good on my shelf. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how it is, man. Um, the perfect yeah. example, though, is that, like, playing this uh, Dracula X game, like, we are going through and mastering it, and now I'm, I have time now to play it on the PSP as well. Um, the, the craziness was, is yesterday we had trouble recording the Skype call, right? Yeah. Um, after the call, I put, and I said, screw it, let me try live streaming, and I put my PSP emulator, um, as decent size, like, size of my TV almost, um, playing Draculax, and I recorded playing level 6 boss gauntlet, and I beat it the first time. <laughs> the boss gauntlet at level 6, like, on the remake one, which is a little bit slower, clunkier, uh, for controls. <laughs> but you, you played it, like, 12 times or whatever, so... Yeah, like, on PC Engine, yeah. So it should be, like, ingrained now? Mm-hmm. And then I, um, then like today though, I played level 7 and the, on the, the remake, yeah, now. It's looking tough. Because it's so clunky, like trying to do just the beginning bridge fall collapsing stage. You can't like go back and forth to whip the uh, bats as easily. So. It's gonna be different. Yeah, I was going through all the, the secret levels today it's and so just fun. making sure I got all those. So fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's... My, my hint for that, though, on the PC Engine one is go to the little bonus, unlock, watch the techniques menu, you can see which bosses you haven't seen. Those count as percentage. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have... You don't have to see both iterations of the werewolf. You just have to fight the werewolf once. And the same with uh, the other bosses. To get your percentages up, so it's right. Yeah, because I, I think only it's only level um, two through five have like secret levels, alternate paths. Yeah. Yeah, and then so one, the prologue one, six and seven are just what they are. But but 
but you have to save. You still have to save the, the four um, maidens. You know, like your your wife, the the nun, that the one like doctor's daughter, and then Maria. Yep. So that's that counts to the hundred percent too. Yeah, they're each worth I think two percent. Because that was ninety eight percent, and I couldn't find the fucking the doctor's daughter. Oh. And I did. I found her, but it was, yeah, eventually. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass to find her. Yeah, it's pretty how how they made it. It's you can it's you can tell it's got Symphony of the Night written all over it. Oh yeah, it's fucking gem. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be awesome to do a roll up next um next week when we have old Walter Day on. <laughs> oh so, yes. So thinking about like game selections though, if Walter doesn't pick an arcade game next week, I definitely wanna knock out a couple like classic arcade games that I want to spend like a couple weeks playing it well you mentioned Dig Dug that one's amazing I've always oh, loved that yeah. game even Dig Dug 2 like, yeah for the NES sure shit I like it on the arcade and the NES I never played that one yeah it's actually almost preferable for me on the NES just because I'm an NES head like I love my Nintendo what's, what's special about Dig Dug 1 is it's Famicom only yeah but what I'm saying, like Dig Dug, I would want to play the arcade version. So we play the actual arcade because we have our arcade boxes. Yeah, I would. I would do both. Yeah, oh just, yeah. Just you know because. And then you can so, talk about it comparison-wise. Yeah. Well, I, I always said like the NES has the best ar- arcade conversions mm-hmm. because the only competitions that it has is ColecoVision and Atari Seventy Eight Hundred. Master system. Yeah. So. So few and far between. So the that that was kind of my thing with the NES, trying to get all the arcade ports. Mm-hmm. And there's still like a bunch on the Famicom that that aren't on the NES. So. Um, so. Yeah. The, the irony is, is even Russian Attack is a arcade conversion. <laughs> Buying a Commando arcade conversion. Castlevania has an arcade conversion. I think the Castlevania one came after the game, though. Hmm. But, like, yeah, there's so many. Jackal Arcade, Gorilla War Arcade, 5-4 Salamander Arcade, Narc Arcade, Double Dragons, obviously, Ninja Gaiden. And some of them are so different that they're way better on the NES. Yeah, the Double Dragon's, like, so slow. Double Dragon 2, I think, on the arcade is, or... Yeah. Is that the one that's just, like, Mud, you're like mm-hmm. moving through mud. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. God, dude, are you serious? They got it right on the NES for Double Dragon too. What's crazy though is they removed the slowdown on the, on the PC Engine CD version of Double Dragon too. Oh yeah, that that version's worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I should have bought it when I had the chance. <laughs> yeah, we were looking into it a while ago, and <laughs> there's a um. There's a download online of it with the NES soundtrack or something arranged. It's it's a weird download for the, the disc. The thing is, though, is that I'm, like, really good at the PC Engine one. It's all about, like, going up and down, like, the, um... Because, you know, you can move on, like, a 3D plane almost. Mm, like, leading the guys up to you? Yeah, you just go up and down, and they come to you, and you just knock the shit out of them every time. 
Yeah, because they're busy walking, and, and while they're still in that walking motion, you like get a like a half second up on them. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a, that's pretty much my strategy on that too. Yeah, it's not too hard of a game, but it's also not too fun to do that either. So. <laughs> not like Double Dragon 2 on the NES where we just need the fuck out of people and make them flying. <laughs> Satisfying game. Well, that was always the funny thing about the ar- arcade game when you're playing it in the house on free free play and it, uh, eventually one or two people are, are like usually, what's the point of this? You know, like when we're, we're playing Turtles in Time, um, mm-hmm. we just kept pressing the attack button and I remember Eric was like, is this all this is? Like, yeah. you know, it's just kind of funny how, um, like, I guess the illusion of having to pay for it made it special. And yeah. then when it's when it's free and you can just play it, those, like, button mashers, some people just like, all right, I'm done. Like, that's because all cause you know that you're going to win. So yeah. it's kind of like... That's, that's I, where I'm arcade collecting is a different, much different beast than console collecting. Yeah. Because an arcade machine takes up a ridiculous amount of space, and most beginner arcade collectors will collect the games that they were nostalgic for as a kid. That happens to be Turtles and X-Men and all the, and the beat-em-up games, like Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons, yeah. Yeah, and when they buy it, and then they play it for fucking an hour and beat the game, what do you got left besides for trying to, like, be a, ma- like a, um, a masochist and try to do it no death or something? Yeah. But, and most people won't do that. No, because they're, they're going to hit the glass ceiling and that's it. Yeah. And, and most of those games were made to eat quarters. So yeah, they're hard and there's, there's like, permanent glass ceilings. Yeah, there's, there's cheap bosses. It's just how it is. And that's, that's why there's people <laughs> who get, like, the high score. It's, like, really special. Mm-hmm. Cause they're they're like freaks. Um, that's also like why Twitch, though Twitch wise, you know, like, arcade collecting though, you're always gonna see people wanting to get like the Nintendo arcades, um, like uh, Donkey Kong because it's a high score game, it's a skill based game. All the old school games, the skill based those ones, are the ones yeah. are the ones that you want to get for yeah an arcade. Cause the longevity is ginormous. I mean, um, the perfect example for me is when I got my um, Nintendo Red Tent. Like, I always wanted Versus Mario in it. Like, I was like, yes, I want to get Versus Super Mario Brothers in it. You know, that way I finally had it. You know, arcade version, it's harder and all that. And when I did and I beat it, it's like, all right, I've had Gradius in it ever since. (laughs) And I'm still working on a no-death run on Gradius. But that's a skill-based game, you know? Um, Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Very tough. And I just got this crazy uh, ninja game that I still need to install. Oh, right. Yeah, it's like a single-screen platformer ninja game. It's Famicom. Yeah, because, like, everyone that I've seen, you, like, go up the screen, like, up a mountain for the ninja game. This is, That isn't the one I got. Yeah, there's, like, three or four. I, I pretty much have all of them. They were... Ninja Kid, I think is one that was ported to the NES and they changed like some graphics yeah but it's like um whatever one it is the Famicom one it has like a frog on the cover mhm that's yeah, the one. he's like a little red guy the the ninja mhm um but in order to install on the verses 
there's like eight or nine chips I have to take off. And the more you take them off and put them on, they bend, the chips bend and things, so I kind of want to be very careful. So, yeah, i got to be um, careful to do it, so I'm going to play a little bit more Gradius before I do it. But um, that, that game, though, if you look on eBay for it, uh, for the um, for the Versus, the Versus Ninja game, is like three or $400. And I, I traded a guy on Quav, got it pretty cheap. Yeah, trades are the way to do it. Yeah. Sanity. <sighs> Shit, I, I do need to get the um the SD to SNES, speaking of trades, because I've been, you know, getting rid of some games here and there. The SD to SNES. Do, do you know what the significance of the SD to SNES is? <laughs> I mean, the SD part is just the SD card, but um, no, oh. like the difference between that and the Super EverDrive that I have, because I have a Super EverDrive that you put an SD card in it, you can play any game, it saves. Uh-huh. But there's a difference between the SD to SNES and that one. Um, the SD one has a special mapper that it supports um, that's on board, and what it allows you to do is it allows you to play. Um, CD quality audio with your Super Nintendo games. So how do you provide the audio? Or um, does it just do it automatically? It doesn't do it automatically. It um, What it does is somebody has to program the game to, to use it. So it'd be like just like a brand new game almost. How many um, are out there right now that are like that? Eight. Uh, the first one, and the reason why I want to get the damn thing, they did Legend of Zelda Link to the Past with with orchestra music. Oh, cool. Yeah. They also did Mega Man X3. Um, they did Rock and Roll Racing with metal in it. <laughs> um, there's a few others, too. that. Um, and the irony was is that Kevin has an SD to SNES. And he never, hadn't even used that. And he said, oh, that's too much hassle for me, is what he told me. And I'm like, dude, that's the only reason to have that thing, <laughs> is to experience that. But otherwise, why not just have the, the Super Everdrive that costs half as much? Oh, wow. That's a lot different. <laughs> yeah, it's the difference between, like, I think the Super Everdrive is like 100 and something, and the SDS-NES is like two or 300 bucks. Good God. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know. Jesus. Well, I mean, how a lot of people look at it is is that you can play every game ever on those. Oh, I know. Including, like, all the translations and everything. Yeah, if I, if I sold my, my games, then it would be like, okay, I get it. Like, now I have money to do it. But, um, it's just a lot of money to throw around, you know? Well, for you, like, you have, you like to have backup games to play for your NES collection. Like, you could just have the NES EverDrive. And just well, yeah, it, it kind of happened by accident, though, because I just kept getting, like, dollar shit yeah so it just ended up being like but I mean that would be your option though is that you get rid of some of your doubles and trade it for the the EverDrive what I did was I got the Famicom like multi-cart thing so yeah those are cool I'm good for a while yeah now the, the reason why I like the EverDrives though is that you can um put translated Japanese games on there and fan hacks and all that shit because I don't want to buy a fucking cartridge of every fan hack or every 
translation out there, but I still want to play them. So. Yep. Plus the money that. Well, the, when you sell like Mighty Final Fight for one hundred and eighty dollars, like, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there it is. You know. Yeah, and I already did. <laughs> I already um, paid for it, man. So that's that's really the thing. If 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 it ever comes to that, I'll definitely not have a problem with it. But uh, it's definitely not cheap. No. Nothing really is when it's when it's good shit. Yeah, I mean, if it comes your way, that's the way to do it. It's like those Neo Geo boxes. There's like, and once you for the MVS, the custom boxes from Southtown. Once you get nine of them, they're like what eight bucks a piece or something. Yep. So that's like seventy bucks, and then you get each printout three to three dollars. So that's twenty seven dollars for nine of them. Yeah. So that's like a hundred bucks, and you gotta pay shipping. So I mean, it's just how gaming goes. And, and for all that, you could have had an NES Everdrive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, speaking that's, of that's the why Neo, shows like where what someone really wants, they're gonna get. Yeah, speaking you know? of the Neo Geo though, that uh, memory card we were talking about, um, it's called the Neo Save Master. Yeah, it's like thirty-five bucks though, which uh, a Neo Geo card yep. is like twenty to twenty-five. Yeah, and this holds though, um, every this holds like twenty times as much as a Neo Geo card, so every game times four or something so it'll support any game that comes out because there's still new games that come out all the time yeah but kind of the reason I, I didn't I'm probably not going to get it is because usually when I play a Neo Geo game I play it to the end so yeah. I I'm, I'm, I don't see like a I, I don't see myself wanting needing it like yeah. in the I, I got mine at a um, convention it's, it's cool for, to have I got mine at a convention for $20 so but See, that's that's where I would rather get the MBS cases because it protects the games, um, especially from like dust and stuff. Because those cartridges bare. Mm -hmm. It also protects the label on them, and all all, all mine like have intact labels, all pretty nice. So it protects that and keeps that value. And then it, it actually just aesthetically makes everything. It makes the whole collection worth so much more. So that's that's that, that's like a must. Mm -hmm. If you have an, an MVS game, it's pretty much a must now. I, I noticed on e eBay though, a lot of sellers have the MVS box with the the game now. Well, it's smart, and it it also tells me a lot of those people are like get sick of the game and just want to sell it. Well, yeah, it's the same thing as owning an arcade <laughs> machine, you know. And the, the Neo Geo games aren't small. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you go all the way out of your way. To go to Southtown and get a, a deal printed out and get a shock box or whatever. I mean, I, I know you can print it out yourself, but they have like the best quality paper. It's you know all, all that. But if you're gonna go all, all and do all that and then just sell it, it's just like weird. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I, I don't know. To me, it's like I'll, I'll never sell that shit. Well, I mean, sometimes people need the money too. Yeah, it's, that's the sad thing. If you lose your job or something, it's just how life is. Yeah, that's um, what we were talking about, like, the mentality of people nowadays. Because, like, back in the day, like, we used to go find deals. Like, you were saying, like, the game stores, they said that they all oh, just got this box in. Or, you know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and, and it would just have tons of games and duplicates of the games, too. So it was all coming from, like, a some other hookup that they had. Yeah, and it's like those game stores, stuff. like, yeah, those game stores had, like, 
probably people that were just coming in and bringing them stuff, so that way they got to hook up on the really good stuff that the game store got in. But, um, and then other game store guys just went yard sailing and shit, too, or storage units, and... Yeah, I remember the Neo Geo that I got, they found in some, some guy's basement. I guess they were, like, clearing out a house. Yeah. Uh, my, my cousin actually used to do that for, like, a company. They would go to these houses that people just left, like, let's say you can't pay your bills or whatever, and someone just takes off mm-hmm. for whatever reason and goes to California, just, like, freaks out, whatever. Then someone has to go into that apartment and pretty much, like, whatever they find is theirs. Yep. My, my, uh, he was, my cousin was getting, like, he's on the other side of the family, but he was getting, like, so you, you probably never met him. He was getting flat screens, furniture, it was just crazy. So, yeah, they they definitely have their sources. I know the guy from, um, Video Palace was buying out, like, storage units, but I was like, how do you know... Okay, so you only center on video games. How do you know that it's a video game storage unit? Or, like, how does that work? Do you know it's, like, I know the auction? Like, do, do they tell you what's in it? No. I've never been to one of those. How, how a storage auction works is you go there, you know how many units are up. What they do is they open up the unit, and you can look inside without touching anything. So, basically, either, number one, you're going to gamble and get a big fucking locker of shit, or number two, you're going to not find anything because you're looking specifically for something that's video game related. if he was smart is he had a dude that just does storage lockers for a living and he just bought the video games from him. Yeah, he like told him or whatever. Yeah, because I know people that do that. Like, hey, I know this guy who goes storage lockers and if he gets any games, he contacts me and sells them to me. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like, that's, that's something that, but the thing is though is that like, back in the day, you had, everybody had the certain systems and it's kind of like people right now with their PS3 and Xbox 360 stuff. Everybody has the games and they're trying to get rid of them now because they want to buy the new shit. Um, as people are buying up all the old NES Super Nintendo stuff, it's starting to get to a collector community. Like what we did all along, now everybody's doing that. So it's like like ju- like what you were saying is justifying people to hoard. Right? Yeah, because two things. They're going to get to it eventually playing it or it's going to go up in value so if they don't they can sell it and make money yeah and, and that's the big difference is the normal gamer will just get rid of it and unload it they don't care that's the GameStop gamer they'll go there and get a fucking get the new game and get five bucks for the last game that they had and they don't care they paid sixty bucks for it now they're getting five for it and they don't give a shit well, it's like, like what your wife was saying like she's like screw Mortal Kombat 2, we can we can play Mortal Kombat X, like, I don't even want to play Mortal Kombat 2, like, yeah, it's that mentality where it's like, fuck this old shit, it's yeah. like garbage, you know, like, but 
Because, like, it, where, the, where the vintage stuff is now is that everybody's buying them all up, and anything that's remotely obscure is getting nabbed up, and people are getting as many copies as they possibly can if they find it. Like, if we found a fucking Earthbound or a Chrono Trigger for a dollar, we'd still pick it up even though we have them. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the mentality. Well, yeah. Because we yeah. know that it's worth something, and it's not going to go to a game store that they're going to get for a dollar to flip, or we're not going to find that at a fucking Uncle John's flea market. It's going to be on eBay, and it's going to be for retail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just yeah. how it is. I mean, that's why well, the price is. There's no bubble. It's not going to burst. We're not going to. It isn't going to. All of a sudden, people aren't going to want to buy it and play fucking amazing NES and Super Nintendo games. It's not going to happen. It would almost be a mistake not to buy it. It's like walking over, it's like walking over like a gold ring or like finding like a Rolex. Yeah. And being like, oh no, just leave it there. Yeah, we don't need that. I mean, you already know it's worth like a bunch of money. If you find like a little Samson, that's like six or seven hundred dollars. You can buy a lot for six or seven hundred. You can pay your fucking rent. It's the I same mean, shit with um, the Amiibos. Like right now, you buy them for thirteen dollars at a store, and people immediately are paying sixty dollars for them. So you're making three times your money, more than three times your money, right there off of certain certain figures. And it's like thirteen dollars is a lot cheaper than buying something for sixty. Yeah, it also shows that the, the the knowledge is there. Like people know like what the behemoths are. Mm -hmm. You know your your big badass games. Your, your high high roller, you know, titles. Oh yeah, and then like games is freaking insane. And anything limited that Nintendo puts out now, people still nab up. Even the new shit. It makes sense though, because they've seen what happened to the old stuff, so it's probably gonna do the same thing theoretically. But the the irony is is where you know actually knowing value of things and how collecting works. If we all buy the Majora's Mask 3DS XL. And we keep them all sealed. They're not going to be worth shit. What's the power of the force yeah. syndrome? You know the um, the fact that we all bought yeah. Final Fantasies back in the day, opened them up, and threw the boxes away for a majority of people makes the box worth something because there, there's not that many out there. And it was like Princess Leia's rare, Obi Wan Kenobi's rare, and then all everyone the power of the keeps force. it. Yeah, that's that's why I always call it the power of the force syndrome because because the very first Star Wars. No one kept them in the box, the very first old figures. So those were worth a shit ton. So people figured, oh, they have new figures now. Let's do what we should have done and save them. But, yeah, the, that's the problem, the supply and demand. There's way too much supply yeah. and no, no demand, really. <laughs> it was like comics in the 90s, too, and basketball cards and shit like oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> All that shit, like anything in the 90s was, like, oversaturated. Fucking craziness. You have so many baseball cards, it's like not even funny. And they're not worth a goddamn thing. Yeah, it's just like, alrighty. Yeah. The only way they are is if it's like Mickey Mantle or, you know, Lou Gehrig or something. Yeah, but nothing from the 90s. <laughs> like, very rarely is anything worth anything. And the thing is, though, is it's it's the, the collector... Mentality is what kills the collection. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. It's, it's the fact that you didn't get it. You, uh, it's the fact that you you bought one when no one else was, or like you you kept that Thundercats figure like in the package because no one did that. Yeah. 
I mean, that that was the thing. You almost like parents at that time just didn't collect toys like that. Like it just wasn't. If you had your few, you know, you always have your outliers. But all the, all the dads that I knew growing up when I was a kid, they didn't collect that shit. No. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. They were watching the Bears, like, on Sunday afternoon, and they didn't give a shit about toys and, you know, like, stuff like that. And then nope. we're, like, a, a different breed. Yeah. You know, like, the whole generation-wise. Because we, we can kind of see why those things are awesome video games and figures and because we, we grew up with them but yeah. to our parents they're like whatever so they didn't like buy like an extra thundercats and like keep it in the attic i mean some did but most didn't you know what i mean yeah and then like nowadays were... it's like well we gotta get two because it might be worth something and everyone doing that kills it <laughs> yeah so my mentality especially like the amiibo stuff is i only buy one each because why buy two if I'm just wasting money? Because I think it's not going to be worth anything extra. Yeah, you're going to have your like few that are going to be, and then that's probably going to be it. But maybe not, not even because no. like the Beanie Babies, like those aren't worth anything. Nope. Like across the board. Well, how it is right now with Amiibos is they're worth the same in the box or out of the box. People like were offering the same amount for like a Marth in the box or out of the box, same price. Because the box is so easy to get. Nobody what's cares. The, what's the most you'll pay for one right now? Like, the, the, the rarest one, I don't know. The most expensive one. Tell me, me or people? <laughs> um, like, on, online, like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Because like, um, me, how, how me I would if they're $13 in the store, I'm paying $13. That's me. Um, <laughs> like, how much are people paying online, though? Have you seen? <laughs> um, Martha's went over $100. Like, on bids? Yeah. Jesus. Um, not, not by it now. Yeah. All three, the Unholy tr Trinity. So, Marth, Villager, and the We Fit Yoga Instructor were yeah. over $300 at one point. God. Yeah, and I have all three. Those are the only three that I actually left in the box because London just wanted to play with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yoga instructor is just kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the villager is like a little creepy little, little like, the owl-looking dude. Like, if I opened him, I'd want to put, like, an axe in his hand and make him all bloody. It'd be creepy. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin running around. Oh, it's like, he's like a little doll, like Chucky almost. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking... I, I never liked Animal Crossing. Nah, I never... Yeah. I don't know. It's I kind of signed off, like, after... GameCube? Yeah, it wasn't really... Yeah. PlayStation 2 is fucking awesome. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get even just into Xbox. It's funny, I'd never really played Xbox before this year when you gave me that one. Yeah. See, I, I kind of signed signed off and stayed in the back and just concentrated on the PC Engine Neo Geo. And cause to, I was thinking about that today. That's actually, the 80s and 90s is the, the golden age of like video games because yeah. you get your, you know, Rondo of Bloods and Symphony of the Night and then you have your like Dig Dugs and stuff like that. Yep. So, like, those are the best times because those games, graphically, they they don't stand up to today's, like, realistic-wise, but the cartoon graphics was amazing and just, I mean, just think of, like, a standard, like, Neo Geo game, how, like, awesome, like, like, like Metal Slug. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just how like, gorgeous it is. Um, and I think that is the pinnacle for me of of, of gaming, like enjoyability-wise, too, like the funness of it. Uh, the, but you know, of course, you have new and awesome games now too. But that was just kind of why I concentrated on that. And now I'm once you gave me that system, I'm starting to go. Yeah. And there's always gems, though. That's what's, what's great. What's great too, about you know, like always gems. For what's everything. great now, though, is that like there's people like us that have our mentality, and they're making the indie downloadable games for the new systems. Yeah, and that's where the gem, the gems come from. Yep. Yeah. So, like, that Oxium Verge game, that's definitely, like, one of us just making a fucking something in their favorite series, which is, like, their favorite genre is Metroid, and they made a new fucking Metroid, basically, with their own flip on it, and it's awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, there's so many of those little treats now that it's, like, I'm glad that I'm, I have the new system so I can experience some of them as they come out. I look forward to those more than I do like a big release like I don't play the the big fucking games like Destiny or any of that shit like the most mainstream we get is Mortal Kombat X and you gotta play that one yeah I mean and that's just because we're we're our Mortal Kombat oh yes right now I'm giving my wife and my nephew a lot of time to level up and get better so they can maybe hold a candle because right now they can't stand a chance versus me <laughs> I only played it like a little bit that's what's great I've like I'm like really good at picking up and playing fucking fighting games yeah it's just amazing how many fucking fighting games are on Neo Geo I was looking oh today it's just like